John 5, John chapter 5, John chapter 5, and we, we can be very quick here this evening. Uh, I have one less page than this morning, but we went a little bit longer this morning. The message was done at normal time, I think, but just the announcements. Maybe you need somebody else to make the announcements. Uh, John 5, John chapter 5, I believe this will be a help here this evening, uh, this passage, and um, the title is, Wilt Thou Be Made Whole? It's a, it's a question, Wilt Thou Be Made Whole? And it's a question that Jesus asked this certain impotent man um, who wasn't able to uh, do anything for many years it was at 38 years, um, <clears throat> had, been a, had been lame, had been crippled, and the opportunity comes. Finally, he's able to change that. Uh, but, but there's a question that Jesus gives him uh, to ask him if he, in fact, would like to be changed. You know, we can, we can become accustomed to the same old, same old thing for so long that we we maybe give up hope or we don't believe or fully comprehend that maybe what, what God's will for us or God's perfect will is, is much better than what we have become accustomed to. And so we see that here in this passage, and this uh, just kind of stuck out to me here, and I, I hope to do it justice. There is uh, There are some truths here that I want to convey that even, that I'll be honest, I've, I've been confronted before um, in one capacity or another. We're going to ask some questions. We're going to see some reasons here. And I believe um, I've, I've been uh, in these categories, all of these categories at one time or another in my life. And I don't, uh, I want to make sure I'm not uh, re digress digressing back to them I want to uh, keep pursuing God's will, God's purpose. I was thinking of, uh, you know, something, what we're going through is, with Sammy is, um, it was scary. It still is kind of scary. You know, there's uncertainty of, of uh, the Lord could take him. Um, uh, one of the nights I was thinking to myself, you know, what if uh, you start asking questions, you know? Uh, what is what is the purpose of this? And uh, I believe I came to the point we we've dedicated all of our children to the Lord. I believe, right, Kane, Kyler? Yeah. Um, during the church service, we um, brought our young ones up and we had had prayer over them and we committed to raise them for the Lord. And I believe I'm to the point in all of them to where I believe the I understand the Lord has given them to me. And they are a gift of God that I'm a steward of. And so the Lord could have them back anytime he wants. And I know that he's the one that gave them to me to begin with. Um, and so there's a, there's a whole nother, when something like this happens, when Sammy, you know, the uncertainty, there's a whole lot of uh, the rubber meets the road, you know, and you're faced with, you know, what if that did happen? To where the Lord took him home, and and I've got to come to the grips that it's God's will, it's God's perfect will, 
whether I like it or not. I would hate for, for to lose any of my children, just like you would hate. And I know we have some in here that have lost children, uh, but they are God's children. I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, not sure that I'm, I'm being clear. This, I think, will help to tie some of this in. But God has a perfect will for us, for our children. And I've got to come to the point to where um, I'm trying to point my kids to the Lord. I'm trying to point my kids to Jesus. Obviously, I want them all saved. Uh, but then there's another level to where, yes, they're saved, but um, they have a, a walk with God. They're, they're connected to the Lord on their own. And uh, I can't do that for them as much as I wish that I could. Um, I, want, I want them to have to, to, to teach them that they've got to have their own walk and relationship with their Savior on their own. And so they've got to come to grips and understanding that um, they need to choose Jesus in every circumstance, in every situation, and be submitted to him, be a holy uh, sacrifice, holy, uh, holy given to him. And with the case of this impotent man here, I don't know that he was 100% surrendered to, to be healed because of the unknown circumstances that there might have been. So that's kind of, I'm trying to tie this in here. Uh, let's read it, and maybe I'll do a little better justice here. John chapter 5, beginning in verse number 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And I looked up, what does it mean, uh, that, that word season? Let's see, did it get there yet? Blind, withered, waiting, moving to the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And so it says that this angel come, came, come, this angel came at a certain season. That, that word season, it means a certain time. It's not always the same time. It's my understanding that this angel would come and touch the water. And so it says there's a multitude uh, of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. So the angel will, will touch the water, water, and I get the impression that as uh, soon as the angel touched the water, the first one to get in the water was made whole. I don't know if it was just one, if it was a few, several, but I get the impression that it was just one or just a few. And so you have, uh, you know, you, I, I envision this group of, uh, of people, handicapped people that were waiting. They'd sit by there, you know, they'd camp out, maybe like a Black Friday sale or something, and then they would jump in the water as soon as they knew the water was troubled. How did they know the water was troubled? I don't know. Maybe there was a noise. Maybe the angel said, announced or something. Maybe they just periodically jumped in and by faith hoped that it had been troubled by the angel. I don't know. We don't know all the details about that. But it says, uh, whosoever uh, stepped in the water, they were made whole of the disease that they had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. 30 and 8 years, this man, do we know that he was by the pool for 38 years? 
I don't know, but I get the impression he was there for a long time. And by uh, unfortunate circumstances, by God's will, maybe by his lack of faith or determination to jump in the pool at the right time, he was not, he had not been made whole. And so 38 years is a long time. He said, um, when Jesus saw him lie, I believe laying down, and knew that he had uh, been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, wilt thou be made whole? You know, he have you ever thought about that? Why did Jesus ask him that? Well, he's by the pool, right? Obvious right off the bat, we would think, yeah, he wants to be made whole. He's by the pool. He's been there 38 years. Well, is, was that, the, was that his, his circumstance? Did he want to be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole is the question that Jesus asked him. And the impotent man answered him, sir, he gave him an excuse here why he hadn't been made whole. Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Let's pray. I need the Lord. Father, I need you here. Lord, I need your filling. I need you to communicate through me. I pray that you'd give us some truths from your word, Lord, that I believe you've laid on my heart here uh, for us. Lord, edify us, strengthen us, and encourage us uh, to be more wholly surrendered to you, fully yielded to your will, your perfect will for our lives. May we trust you. May we have confidence in you and your fixing. May we have confidence in your healing. Uh, may we have confidence in your... Um, your mastery of our circumstances, and uh, may, may we have greater faith, perhaps, as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. In John 5, we see that Jesus had asked this man who'd uh, been lame for 38 years if he wanted to get better, and at first, I'm thinking, you know, that's kind of a dumb question, right? Who wouldn't want to be? Well, um, at first, it may sound like a ridiculous question, but uh, it really wasn't. Uh, the truth is, not everyone who isn't well wants to get better. Yeah, I, I believe maybe a, a physical ailment. Yeah, who doesn't want to get better? Um, and uh, especially knowing that God is the one that's going to take care of it. Well, I don't know that this uh, impotent man knew that this was Jesus. But uh, there are many reasons, though, why sometimes people don't want to get better, why people don't want to be made whole. And as I said, as we started, I'm going to give you several circumstances or reasons why people maybe don't want to get made whole. They don't want their circumstances to get better. And we're just going to address it here by reasoning uh, through God's word. Uh, not everybody wants change. Uh, we get comfortable. How many of you would, would agree with that? I didn't like the campaign of Barack Obama back, you know, whenever it was change, change. And I was, the Bible says, meddle not with a man that's given to change, right? And then afterwards, it's keep the change, right? We don't want the change. But um, I didn't like that. I don't, I'm not a big fan of change, but change can be good, um, especially if God's the one doing the change. When, when God saves somebody, he changes them. 
And he's, he's begun a change, a work of change, and he wants to continue that change in our lives. And so uh, not all change is bad, but not everybody wants to change. We get comfortable even in the lesser things when God has a better plan or better plans for us. Jesus said to this impotent man, he said, wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be better? Or do you want the same old, same old? Do you want to continue sitting here by this pool and, and hoping that uh, you're going to be the first one to get in the water after the angel troubles it and, and get that healing? Or would you like to be made whole? You know, um, do you want to keep on doing what you've been doing? Do you want to keep on getting what you've been getting? Uh, but if you decide to follow Jesus, if we decide to follow Jesus and his will, if we haven't been... Uh, things will get way better. Sometimes we're reserved to do what we know God wants us to do because we're afraid of that change. I remember, if anybody has struggled with this as well, the call to preach. Call to preach? Me preach? And then people that I grew up with hearing that I'm a preacher and then I'm a pastor and, and you know, they're, it's, it's mind-boggling to them um, and mind-boggling to me. And, but taking that step of faith and being obedient to do what, what I sensed God wanted me to do. Did I think I'd ever be a pastor? Absolutely not. Even after being called to preach, I never thought I'd be a pastor. But in surrendering to, um, will you be made whole? Will you follow my perfect will? And to be made whole, I believe, is God's perfect will for this impotent man. And so there are several aspects of God's will that can, uh, we can see uh, from this simple question here of if this man wanted to be made whole. Not everyone wants to get better. And I'm going to give you several reasons here uh, this evening. Number one, maybe some of these would, would resonate with you or maybe somebody you know here. Why don't people want to be made whole? Why don't people sometimes choose to get better or to do the right thing and what they know they should be doing? Number one, because getting better may mean that they have to start taking responsibility for their own lives. Getting better may, be, may mean that they have to start taking responsibility for their actions, for their lives, for their choices that they make. And uh, sometimes I think one of the best moves a young person can do uh, uh, when they make and, and graduate is to move away from home, to move away from their circumstances. Now, uh, granted, I want to make sure that they're by a good local church. I want to, be, I want to make sure that they know that that's uh, what the Lord would have them to do, obviously, not just to leave and escape a situation, uh, but to get away from a certain comfortable, a comfortable environment that they've been used to, that they're not going to better themselves. They're not going to have to take responsibility so long as they're under the under the roof of their parents, under the roof of their grandparents, under the roof of, uh, of uh, you know, people that are always backing and defending them. And I'm going to back my children. I'm going to uh, defend them, uh, you, you know, when they're, when, uh, all the time. But uh, when, they, when they've done wrong, they need to man up and own to the consequences. But uh, I think of uh, young people, a young couple, or even an old person, old people getting married, and uh, moving away from what they're used to. A uh, young man goes away to college into a different environment. I think of myself going away. Uh, it was only a couple hours away, but I was with a group of young men, and I remember going away to a secular college and, and not really having much direction. 
I'm going to study law enforcement. Maybe I'll become some type of a, a law enforcement uh, officer eventually after I, you know, have all the fun that I can have with my friends and stuff and getting to college. And now what do I do? We um, uh, paying rent, sharing a room with uh, some roommates uh, off the campus here and now go to the college. What I need to do, man, I need to, I need to register. I need to uh, get textbooks. I need to pay money. Um, apply for grants, and and uh, I'm a all of this is foreign to me, and I'm not able to have my mom or my grandma walk me to the classes and register me and help me and and uh, do all that stuff. But but uh, uh, getting better may mean that I need to start taking responsibility. There's admissions requesting transcripts. I remember when we first got married, we were encouraged through marital counseling to to decide where you're going to spend your holidays. Uh, it, it'll help with arguments and, and declaring, you know, with the family what your plans are so they can plan and prepare uh, for you and all that stuff. And realizing you're learning a new roommate, the adjustment of the things that uh, are being new. The point is this. I wanted to do right. I wanted to make uh, wise choices. And I wanted to learn how to be a responsible adult, responsible husband and and all that stuff. And I needed to learn to take responsibility on my own. And parents, as much as we want to uh, love our kids, and I know you will, and I know I will, there's uh, got to be a time where, uh, where, they, where they learn to fly, where they learn to be connected with God on their own and have faith in the Lord and His perfect plan uh, for their lives. Mom and dad, we can only do so much. Eventually, the training wheels need to come off. I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm talking to the, uh, to the choir, but, uh, but getting better may mean that they need to start taking responsibility for their own lives. I remember my first car. Some of you uh, remember it was a 74 Ford LTD, and uh, I had been away at college with my buddies, and coming, I came home for the weekend with my friends, and I don't. I think I maybe told this story too, but uh, my rearview mirror had come off on my car, and my grandpa gave me five bucks to get some adhesive to put it on the on the mirror on the uh, windshield there, and and I took that five bucks and I spent it on lunch. <laughs> I got back to college and I was driving around. I got pulled over by an officer and he wrote me up a fix-it ticket. Well, I spent that money on food and and I put it off and put it off and put it off and. And uh, then needed to go to court. Never, I, don't, I don't remember all the details, but I know I had to pay a lot more than five bucks for the fix-it ticket when it all was said and done. And I, I, I needed to start taking responsibility. I couldn't blame that anybody. My friend Tim still makes fun of me uh, to this day. Remember when your grandpa gave you the money for the glue and you never did it? And I'm all, yeah, Tim, I remember. Thanks, man. Why didn't you? I gave you a lot of rides in that car. Why didn't you help me out? You know, but I needed to take responsibility uh, for my life. And, and why don't people want to be made whole sometimes? Because it requires uh, taking responsibility. Secondly, sometimes uh, being made whole or uh, having trust in the Lord, faith in Him, means uh, getting better means this, that uh, we may no longer be the center of attention. We may no longer be the center of attention. 
Sometimes people have been impotent for so long, uh, they've got a certain ailment for so long, uh, and they've, uh, sometimes they find a certain amount of identity in it. Make sense? Sometimes we find a certain amount of identity in our ailment, in our trouble, in our situation, and uh, we, we've been accustomed to the attention that that, that can bring us. And I don't want to discourage anybody I, for, for, by any means whatsoever, uh, but I know you understand the truth behind this, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to discourage you from giving me prayer requests. I always want to pray for your requests, and I want you to share your prayer requests around, and I'm not really, th- I'm not thinking of church people necessarily. Uh, I'm thinking uh, other circumstances and situations. Oh, the trouble that goes on in some people's lives sometimes, and I think it's, it's their attention getter. Uh, what are they going to do now if they get better? If they get better, if they, if they are made whole by the Lord, if they follow his perfect will, then what's, what, what's going to become of that situation? If I get help, how's this going to benefit? Is it really going to benefit compared to what I've become accustomed to? If I lose that ailment, if I lose that thing of identification, uh, then uh, why will people like me or, or how will I get the attention that I've, I've been getting? Have you ever known anybody, man, that really takes, I think we, uh, y'all ought to take care in your vehicles and, and maintain them and stuff, but I think maybe like an older man, I was talking to somebody recently and he said this, uh, this mill worker got a, I don't remember the year, but he got a brand new Camaro. It was an older model, and uh, he's had it, I want to say 60s model. He's had it forever. He's a retired uh, mill worker, and uh, he'll take his vehicle and put it in shows, and uh, he'll, bar- he'll put uh, barriers around it so that you can't touch it. He doesn't want anybody in it. The guy that I was talking to, he said he asked the guy if he could take it for a ride, and, and he, like, went off on him. You're not going to ride my car. Oh, no way. Uh-uh. And... Uh, uh, but I'm thinking of people who get I, I, their identity, their attention from those, from certain things, from materialistic things, from, from uh, what have you. Um, getting better may mean they're no longer the center of attention or they don't get that attention that they once did have. We need the wholeness of Jesus. Any, anything or anyone that has ever uh, given something up for Jesus it'll return so much more benefit than what you've been accustomed to. Amen? Am I making sense here? Sometimes folks don't want to get better because getting better means the pity party is over. I think of COVID. I think of the early COVID survivors. Now, I'm not trying to make light of COVID. I know uh, there have been complications, and uh, I think people have passed uh, as a result of complications from it. But I remember first getting it. Some of you know it's the first wave that went through here, and, and we were a lot more sympathetic to the first uh, receivers of COVID, weren't we? Um, and man, uh, and not that if you got it the second time, people didn't pray for you, but, it, but I felt like people were thinking it's a lot more serious, and, and uh, there was a lot more care or concern with somebody who first got it as opposed to maybe people even that uh, didn't get it the first time, but now they've gotten it later on, like a year, year and a half, two years later. And so getting better may mean the pity party party is over. You know, I, I had it. I got 
We got attention the first time around, had it the second time, and I got some attention and some love and care and prayers, I know, but, but uh, you know, I'm kind of feeling like, Pastor, you need to buck up and be a man, get over your man cold, and, and get back to your responsibilities and stuff, you know? Uh, the pity party was over, I think, of Sammy. Sammy got used to being in the hospital there. He's gotten used to it, and um, we were out for a spell there, but um, I think after he had the surgery, he was sitting in there, and he was looking at the menu, and, and um, he said, Dad, can I have the menu? I want to see what I want to order there, and, and he asked for the chicken tenders and the tots, and he got about a half a chicken tender down and a few tots, and, and then uh, he asked me, he set it up, and he asked me if I could move the tray off to the side. And so I'm sitting right here. I'm laying, I'm sitting right here next to him. Here's the hospital bed. Well, the tray is right here. He reaches up and puts his food or drink right there. Ask me if I can move the tray away. All he has to do is push it like this and it's away from him. I told him, just reach over, reach your arm over and push it out of the way yourself there. And uh, he's ordering Jello and orange sherbet the first day. Now he's, he doesn't want anything to do. If we get some food, he tells us to get out of the room because he can't bear it. But uh, he ordered a Jello and orange sherbet, and and uh, he doesn't finish the sherbet, and he doesn't want the Jello after all. I said, "Why didn't you finish it?" it so that's, he said, "It's not good." And I guarantee he'd think it good. It was good if his brothers were in there, right? But. Uh, the, why don't people want to be made whole? Because it means the pity party uh, would be over. Why don't people want to get better? I asked him if he's ready to go home, and he said no the other day. Why? Because he's enjoying the pity party. He doesn't want to get better because of the benefits that he's receiving, uh, because of the, the pity that he's receiving. Well, he's in a different realm now, okay? He's not like that. That's the first day after the surgery. Today, like I said, he doesn't want anything to do with food. I guess he saw a Subway commercial and, and uh, something sounded good to him, but, uh, or Wendy's, Wendy's Frosty sounded good, but uh, he's not going to get one for a while, it doesn't look like. But uh, not everyone wants to get better because it might mean the pity party is over. Are these making sense here? I think that, that impotent man there, now none of these may be the case, uh, but there is definitely the questioning that Jesus asked. Jesus asked the question for a reason, not because he didn't know if the guy wanted to be made whole. Jesus knows everything. We understand that. And so Jesus asked him the question, wilt thou be made whole? And then he uh, comes up with a, uh, an answer, uh, a reason why he hasn't been made whole. And we see that here. Look at verse number one with me, if you will. Getting better means the end of the blame game. Getting better means the end of the blame game. There's nobody to blame when you get better if things start to uh, digress. Jesus asked the impotent man in verse number one, wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered and he gave this, uh, this, uh, this answer, this uh, reasoning, this excuse. He said, sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me in the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And so the guy resorts to his excuses. I don't have a man. I don't have somebody to help me out here, to lead me down there. I can't do it on my own. 
if I if I getting better may mean that if I do get better and I start off and I'm doing good for a while, but then I start to slip maybe later on or I start to falter, uh, then the blame will fall on me. I won't be able to say I have no man uh, when the water is uh, troubled to, to put me into that water. I won't be able to point, say, I don't have this, I don't have that. Uh, I've been made whole. I've, I've been restored uh, to my strength there. I got better, and so now the oneness falls on me and none other than me. Jesus said, wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man gave an answer. He gave an excuse of why he hadn't been made whole. If I fall or I falter, the oneness is on me and none other than me. I'm closing with this. For anyone out there who may question if God's got it under control, for anyone out there who may question God's perfect plan and his healing power, God's plan of wholeness is better than any reason or reservation that we could ever muster up. Wilt thou be made whole? Let God have his will. Let God have his way. Take your hands off the wheel and let him make you whole. And whatever the circumstance is, whatever the direction is, sadly, we live in a culture where those who could get better sometimes refuse to do so because they think it would mean too much responsibility, too much accountability. And ultimately, maybe it's because they're, they're not obedient and they're not exercising their faith in God or God's word. Letting go and letting God is what will make us truly whole. I think of, uh, this just came to me, I think of in particular sin. Why do, why do people hold on to certain sin sometimes? Because they've been accustomed to it. It's, it's, there's a certain comfort to it. When God says, I got so much better for you. I got victory for you. I got wholeness for you. And I've been there. Um, and I'm, I'm, sure then, I'm sure there will be times in the, in the future where I'll need to remind myself of some of these truths. And so I want to ask you this evening, will thou be made whole? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're omnipotent. God, and you've got it all under control, even when we don't, that uh, you desire us to, to make us whole, even when uh, we don't understand the circumstances, when, when we can't see past or beyond uh, the goodness of it, when we're comfortable in uh, the, maybe you're not your perfect will, uh, when we become comfortable to uh, just the, the norm God, may you shake us up a little bit if need be, and uh, may we pursue you hard in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand and we'll sing.